0: grab a drink settle down take a seat this week this week's episode of the not so fickle podcast is with a spin a spin off of the gentleman's room and in this week's episode we are joined by a fantastic guest called paul moore is also a very fitting guest to have this week during mental health awareness week as me and paul both dive into our experiences with mental health And also male suicide Paul Moore was and has been a mentor for me and Lucy for many many years is an inspirational speaker talker podcaster and all-round great human being if you have any questions around today's episode and conversation that we sit down for please feel free to drop them in any of the comments box boxes on wherever you are watching we will also pop in the links and descriptions any places where you can reach out to people talk charities around mental health or just somewhere where you can find a professional listener i really hope that you take a lot away from today's conversation because it was a conversation that really hit home to me and gave me a lot of realizations but also helped me relate in many other ways enjoy
1: first, we well welcome back first hey thank you man Number two. it feels like it's been it's so long mate so long it's only two years though you know what he, I think even with...
2: We did a 2020 in, in the lockdown, no, sure. i saw
1: I saw you in London. Oh, London, yeah. last
2: year. And then we did the podcast in 20, 2020.
1: That was like the Zoom ones where everyone was living in the, uh, the cold ages. I
2: think I had a big beard. I must have had a big beard. Everyone had a big beard in that Being lockdown. soft around the edges, mate, Big yeah. beard, loads of grey, big grey bush. On my
1: head. <laughs> <laughs> on my head. The thing that I uh, want to dig in today too more, because you, you, you spoke about it the last time we had the podcast was your story yeah, and your journey with mental health. Yeah, sick, So rewind us and take it back to the early days of kind of where that started. So
2: it started for me, I suppose if I really, if I really wind it back, you're talking, as soon as I started to become a little bit successful, it started, everything was fine until I started making money. And then suddenly I had money, no training, none of my family had money none of my family are self-employed i didn't know anybody else that was quote unquote successful so i mean what do you do you're 25 years old living in south shields a bit of a rough town big booze culture Um, you got a bit of money cash as well because i'm doing boot camps at the time well obviously you put it up your nose don't you so i did that and then obviously i got a bit of a taste for it and then we ended up i ended up in this place where i suppose i was partying hard on weekends and that but then I spent my my weeks hating everyone. Like I got into this, do you know when you're taught like, oh, surround yourself with positive people, Mm. cut out all the energy vampires, get rid of all the negative people. And I kind of did that. But then I was just left with me. And I was in this, I was this person that hated people. The reality was I hated myself, but it took me two or three years to realize that because I ended up in Marbella, isolated as fuck me. I didn't even know anyone. I moved to a country where I didn't know anyone. Didn't have any friends there. Me and my wife and my new, my my son's like six months old. And I kind of just did the same, but in Marbella, which meant that I was still sniffing, still drinking, but without any kind of social network at all. So the drinking and sniffing wasn't even happening at like, it wasn't even at pool parties. It wasn't even on nights out because I didn't know anyone. So it was kind of drinking and sniffing, but round my own pool. So that's kind of, and then next thing I know, I'm back home because I got diagnosed bipolar there. Mm-hmm. I actually got diagnosed ADHD first. Then I got diagnosed depression. They put me on uh, antidepressants. That made it worse, because the highs were fucking, obviously someone like me who was high energy, yeah, yeah. giving me even more energy means the crash is even worse. Um, and then they were like, oh, we think you've got bipolar disorder. We don't treat that here in Spain. Just flat out, pretty much we don't treat it here in Spain. I, I seen an English doctor. He said, I don't know anyone that treats it. So, and my wife at this point, mate, you've got to consider, you've got me acting like a fucking 14-year-old. <laughs> How old are you at this point? Uh, so back then, 2014, I'm 34. thirty-four. Thirty-four. Uh, so with a, with a, by this point, I've got a newborn baby as well. So Nina's born in Spain. My son's two. And uh, so my wife's got a newborn baby, two-year-old kid, doesn't know anyone, no support network, and me. So she's like, we need to fucking move Mm -hmm. home. (laughs) But that didn't make it better. So I moved home and then suddenly I'm like, oh, I'm back home now. I've got this money. I've lived in Marbury. I've had this pool. I've got this fucking villa. But then I've also got easier access to fucking gear and easier access to booze. And then I'm meeting up with all my old friends again and it gets worse. And then I suppose it all came to a head. Uh, I think the date was like the 17th or the 19th of December. And that's where I'm like I'm ready to fucking take my own life then. It's gone on, it's gone on, it's gone on. And I'm in this position where I'm I'm now at this point in my life, mate, I'm doing fucking coke off the desk in the middle of the day. Even, right even, the even before you had run. a drink. Aye. Yeah. And that's the worst part. Before it was our drink and sniff. And now it's at the point where and at this point mate, I'm on bipolar meds as well. So I'm on meds. But the challenge that I had then was these meds at the time it was called lithium. It's lithium carbonate. This shit's so toxic that it, when you come off it like I did, if you just stop taking it, you die because your liver fails. So you have to come off it with medical guidance. I'm sure we'll get into that. But anyway, I'm on this stuff. And the challenge is with it, it's like a mood stabilizer.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So it stops me from getting the highs and stops me from getting the lows. So now I'm just left in the middle, which is fucking gray. I felt like a zombie. So I wasn't getting these big highs. I just know how, de- if we cover that, I just know how to deal with them better now. Cause I still, I still chase that. Yeah. So I've got these big highs from my career, from my life, obviously from all the sniff and that. But I'm not even getting them now. So before I've got this big high followed by a big low, now I'm not getting anything, no emotion. So I'm I'm sniffing coke through the day, right before I'm about to jump on, like at the time there was no Zoom then, it was that long ago. There was this thing called go to webinar and uh, or go to meeting, and this was the, the big thing before Zoom came around, and I'd be having a line before I went on one of them, man. Like, because I, I needed to feel oh, something. Pickle. I didn't, I just needed to feel something. um, And then that that December, that was it. I I felt like, I remember feeling like shit for, I think it was a Monday, which is most people's lowest day of the yeah, week. Yeah. Monday, you've had a weekend on the sesh Monday, I was just like, fucking hell. I can't do this anymore. I remember thinking no one even, because I'd isolate myself so much, I'd fed myself this story that no one even gave a fuck about how, no one even gave a fuck about me. We got to consider, I wasn't fucking speaking to anybody. I wasn't talking to anybody. But I wasn't, I was socializing on a weekend, but that's, that's not really socialize. Mm. It's not really building relationships that, and I was like, no one gives a fuck, and no one even care if I killed myself. So that was my whole thing. I mean, bear in mind, I hadn't told anybody I felt like shit. My wife is the only one that knew. I'd stopped seeing shrinks. I'd stopped going to visit anyone. I'd stopped seeing anyone. Um, and then, yeah, that was it. And then I, uh, the words that changed my life was when leslie said to me think about the kids and the mad thing is if anyone's listening has felt this low they'll get it i thought they'd be better off without me like i was like i am thinking about the kids fucking awful to be around blow me top with them all the time i'm in a i'm fucking locked in my bedroom all the time that's what i was doing locked in my bedroom playing fifa that was my life feeling like shit. feeling sorry for myself and arguing with the odd person on facebook or something telling someone to go and fuck themselves on face something like that talking shit about people and then um, then she said to me well think about them growing up as the kids whose dad killed himself and that was that was like a a fucking kick in the dick that was like ah, uh, that was a wake up call for me that was the wake up that I needed because you gotta consider this as well with men when you're struggling you feel like a burden that like you feel like you, that's why people don't talk about it. Cause you're like, well, what the fuck do I say? What if the person I'm talking to can't handle it? What if the person I'm talking to thinks it's their fault? Cause I didn't know this until probably two years ago when I wrote this book 2018, my wife added like a foreword, like her thoughts on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And she thought that it meant that she was a shit wife. And really? I didn't know that. But now I'm like, oh, that's why men won't talk. Cause they think, well, is not my wife going to think it's her fault? Is the kids going to think it's their fault? So we had all this thing going on, and and like I say, mate, it's it's a that was a wake up call for me. What I was trying to say actually was that the reason a lot of us don't talk, we feel like a burden, and we think we're gonna get molly coddled. I didn't need molly coddled. I didn't need someone telling me that everything was okay. I needed someone to fucking slap me across the mm-hmm. face and say, "Wake the fuck up." That was my first wake up call. And then my second wake up call was actually on Christmas Day. So like a week later, I'm sitting in the air. Uh, I'm sitting in the house. This is mentalist. I'm on suicide watch on Christmas day. My family aren't even there. So my family are our mother-in-laws because I was that fucking volatile. i just blow me top all the time and fucking hell. I don't I think I must've, I must've shifted three or four doors off the fucking hinges like, I was okay. that. F- oh, Christmas Eve, because I couldn't build a Thomas the Tank Engine train set. I'm not even kidding. Couldn't build a train set because I was pissed. I was pissed on Christmas Eve. Still, even after, by the way, being suicidal six days before, I'm still pissed my dad had to come around and help us build this train set and he was I could tell my dad he didn't say anything but I could tell he was embarrassed like i tell he was like he was just off and then that's that next day on Christmas Day this lady called Donna and again she didn't have to say anything I'd seen her a few times before she was what's called community support like she's on the mental health support yeah. team it's called cool for suicide watch really and she um she didn't say anything but I could tell she was looking at us I was like she's fucking not she's not having this and she that was another wake-up call for me when she was looking at me the way she was looking at me she, i could tell she was disappointed so uh and then obviously we, we had a bit of a, a turnaround from then
1: uh i can 100% like get on board with the when you feel like because i was at a place about even three years ago i think i mentioned to you like mm. i was at that that place of contemplating taking my own life but mine was with something at the time i was really embarrassed about mm. because mine was to do with food mate mm. and for, for me my identity was a fitness coach is like you shouldn't have any issue with food. Like, mm-hmm. you're supposed to be helping other people. So for me, that was something that was kind of... Yeah, you've I got that identity crisis of. in it. Yeah, and the only reason I wanted to change because I felt like I was making Lucy unhappy. Yeah. Because I was just moody all the time. Yeah. I was shit at everything. I was always tired. Mm-hmm. I never wanted to go out because mm-hmm. I had a poor relationship with everything. Yeah. You didn't want to eat out. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was spoiling everything we were doing. Yeah.
2: Where did you... Spoilings was, and that—I've never heard a put like that before. Mm, that right. makes a lot of sense to me. aye. What was the closest you
1: you got to, I
2: suppose, take, standing take on them. a cliff, standing on a cliff, and i obviously I made that video about it. That's I think it's on 13 million views or something wild like that. And there's always fucking arsey comments saying you should have jumped, you yeah. should have fucking killed yourself, you fucking pathetic, you failed, etc. And then um, I remember a couple of comments have been like, "Well, why was your wife there?" I was like, because every time I left the house, she didn't know if I was gonna come back. Cause sometimes I'd leave the house and not come home for three days.
1: She... It must be a horrible thought for her
2: Horrendous. Though. Horrendous. But not only would I not come home for three days, I turned my fucking phone off. And it was all looking back at it now, that was all a cry for help. That was all I needed affection and I needed love. But I didn't know how to ask for it. Now I'm just like, listen, I'm fucking struggling. I yeah. need, I need you to tell this. I need you to say this. just so you know, I'm, I'm in a low, I'm in a low mood today, or I'm fucked today, or whatever. Because it still happens, man. Mm. It still happens. Um, but back then she used to follow me. So she followed me to the cliff. My daughter's in the fucking car, in a car seat in the back of the car. She's followed me, and just I'm stood on the edge of the cliff, and she's fucking dashing in front of me. What, uh, f-
1: what thoughts are going through your head that when you're on the edge of that cliff? What thoughts are going? through Do you know your head? I think about
2: this. Fairly often, I still, I'm still not sure if I would have actually jumped. I don't know if I had the courage to do it. But I'm like, have I got the courage to do this? Shall I do this? What'll, what'll they say at my funeral and that? Like mad shit like that. Will people care then? Mm -hmm. Because honestly, I convinced myself that no one would even care. But the reality is, they didn't know. So of course they can't care if they don't know I'm struggling. If I'm keeping myself, because I'm locked, I'm isolated as fuck at this point, mate. I'm, I'm literally. I'm going out and the lads that I'm out on the fucking drink with, I'm not even speaking to them through the week. I'm just texting them on a Friday. Are we out? Mm-hmm. Are we out tonight? Can you, get a, can you get a fucking bag for me? Can you get me three or whatever? Can you got a number that I can text? And then, uh, so I'm not even speaking to them until Friday. So they don't know. Family don't know because I fucking cut them out because negative, because complaining, yeah. et cetera. Negative people. So I convinced myself that no one would care. So then I was like, well, will they care? if I? Will they care now? If I'm not here, will they fucking give me some attention? It's weird.
1: Yeah. I was speaking to Mo that about this the other week, because we were speaking about huge life events because he lost his son. Yeah. And we spoke about this thing, I don't know if you've heard about it, called the Eraser Test. Wow. So, even though this massive event has happened in your life, and obviously it's, it bears a lot of negative thoughts that will still even relate back to that yeah. event. Even with that in mind, if you had this magical eraser where you could erase that from your life, but it would also erase every single path or journey that had come after that and every connection you had made, would you erase it?
2: No, not even close. It was one of the best things that's ever happened to me. Like that that whole thing was a fucking, like an alarm clock. That's all it was. It was an alarm clock saying, what the fuck are you doing? I think it's even about depression now. Depression is a fucking alarm clock. That's something that needs to change. Like you need to have a look at what's going on. Like you need to start thinking about your thinking. Like you need to start thinking about your habits and your feelings because it doesn't happen by accident. In fact, this is mad. Someone will get triggered by this. There's more and more evidence coming out that depression isn't a chemical imbalance. More and more evidence coming out. There's more and more evidence coming out that. Don't quote me on these numbers because I'm I've got a hard on for this guy Joe Dispenza right now. Mm-hmm. Got a proper hard on from. And I heard a, a an interview of his where he was saying so He was talking about placebos and something like. Four out of five people who've taken an antidepressant placebo but being told it was an antidepressant have cured the depression.
1: Really? Mm. There's quite a lot of studies like that, even even around like in the fitness industry around steroids, which mm. are placebo with mm-hmm. practice groups and it's mm-hmm. been exactly
0: the yeah, same outcome. Yeah,
2: it's mad. I don't know if those numbers are right. So don't quote me on that. Don't hold me on that. But there's more and more evidence coming out that it is fucking created. We don't catch it we don't catch it. I remember doing my book about this and I talked about it and Harper Collins, my publisher, had to get loads of evidence around it. There's more and more evidence. So in that, in staying on that subject, if it was a wake up call, it is a wake up call. It's your body and your mind telling you, you need to fucking change something. Anxiety for me is the same. It's your, it's a fucking alarm clock. Something's not quite right. Like your thoughts are, where you place your attention is where mm-hmm. you place your energy. So it, it's, for me, no, because it's also, and, I, and I, it's weird, a lot of people think I'm big headed and confident in that, right? But maybe, I've, maybe I am, but you forget that how many, if 13 million people have seen that video and something like 11 million people have watched more than 80% of it, that's gotta have had an impact on some people. You know what I mean? 100%. The amount of comments on it are insane. The amount of people that have came through my programs. As, by the way, the programs that I've got almost came about by accident. I didn't want to start them. People started saying, how have you lost that weight? How have you got off them meds? How have you done this? How are you so different now? I can feel it. You feel different. It's weird. I remember, you know Chris Burgess? Yes. Chris Burgess. I've known Chris Burgess a long time. And he's like, mate, he said, there's something, there's like an aura that you've got that's different now. And that, so I kind of stumbled into the whole coaching. I had no fucking, I had no intention of doing it. There was a guy that I was working with at the time, blown up now, Garrett White from Wake Up Warrior. He was like, you need to start fucking working with men. And I'm like, I don't fucking want to. And he kept pushing me and pushing me. Stop being a pussy, Paul, stop being a pussy. You owe it to people. And I was like, oh, fuck it. And then it ended up. So that happened by an accident. And all of these lives that were impacted wouldn't have happened unless I
1: had done that. Do you know what I'm saying? So that that whole aura came from stepping into a new place almost that was forced upon you. I
2: just stumbled into it, I would say. Stumbled into it. And I'm not even, I wouldn't even say forced because I'm not the kind of guy that would get pushed into many, but I stumbled into it and people kept asking me. And I was like, well, I fucking kind of owe you. If I if I've changed my life and I've got all these results, then I kind of fucking owe it to tell you without sounding like a fucking yeah, vegan yeah. CrossFitter. I'm having this battle at the minute with this no booze <laughs> thing. <laughs> with, which? I'm with the no boozing thing. Okay. So I'm I'm sometimes I'm like, should I even talk about it? Cause I don't want to sound like a vegan crossfitter. Do you know that guy that well, fucking we're preaches anyway, no, their so, so I didn't want to become that guy, but yeah, it's, um like I say, I wouldn't change it at all. I wouldn't erase it at all. Even I heard some people in that period. Like I didn't speak to me man for six months because you
1: bought juice plus. Just random triggers. That's how volatile yeah. I was.
2: I'd get triggered by shit that isn't even important. I'd think that I, this is how fucking, this is how paranoid I was. You've maybe had this. I'd think that someone making a post on social media was about me. Yeah, 100%. Like I got it all the time. especially you know in the I'm saying? This space because I've never was... even said that before. I've never said that ever. That's the first time I've said that, but that's what I was like. They'd make a post about something. I'm like, you fucking talking about me, you daft mm. cunt. And I'd go I'd go looking for fights, mate. They feel something. I'd go looking for fights. I'd be like, if you got something to fucking say? Say it. I'm still a bit like that now, to be fair. But back then, they were like, pause, not even about you. And I'd be like, well, it fucking is, innit? It's mad, innit, that. So you, you just made things about you, though, because you uh, want to... You. it's I'm looking it's neg- for I'm looking Negative for attention, or, yeah, yeah. I'm looking for significance because I didn't... I couldn't give it to myself. Everyone wants attention now. Aye, it's mad. This is what I think about these fucking losers on that that forum
1: that we all know about, you know, that forum. Well, Cal was talking about this the other day. Aye. It's um, It's unbelievable. What's it called, Cal? Tattle, tattle, tattle. Terrible place like like, that. Most toxic place full of mums. Imagine
2: how shit your life must be to spend time on a forum under a fucking fake name talking to fake people about other people.
1: I'm like, I feel sorry for these people. Imagine that as well, how much that person must also at the same same time probably value you because they know that much about you. They spend their own time to go on somewhere and create their profile and then talk about you as well. Yeah,
2: it's mad, isn't it? I, I remember once someone was talking about that fact that I'm always sniffing and like always sound like you need to blow me nose. I'm like, well, that's what happens when you fucking snort your body yeah. weight in cocaine. Do you know what I mean? That's what I did. I snort
1: my body weight in cocaine. I've had my nose broken twice. Of course, I fucking sound nasally. They're probably like trying to get something over on you or try and be canceled. But when you're openers... You've been, you can't what be What the fuck are you going to say
2: about me yeah. that I haven't already said? Like, there's nothing you can say about me that I haven't already said. There was someone said, the other someone tried to have a pop in me the other day saying, something to do with money. It's, it's, it's always something, when you start being successful, someone always wants to mention money. They're like, oh, I joined your program back in the day when you were snorting coke off your desk. I think you should refund people. It's like, do you know why you know about that? Because I fucking said it. Yeah. You wouldn't have known about that unless I said it. So you're actually digging me out. For something that I've already fucking said. It's trying to trip you up. yeah. You yeah. can't fucking hurt me, mate. Do you know what I mean? It, there's something very powerful about I have nothing to fucking hide. It's like Eminem, the rap battle, mate. Mate, exactly that. I, in fact, you know, I was talking to you about that thing at, um, in London. When I was talking about the wanking. Yeah. Um, I actually said, I know that there was people in that crowd who've talked smack about me on social media before. And the talk that I was doing was, was called becoming unfuckwithable. Mm-hmm. Mate, you can't fuck with me. So I mean you can, you can try, but I'm yeah. not gonna I'm not gonna join in with you. And um I said that some of you in this crowd now, I know that you've said this about me, think I'm too loud, I'm too confident, I talk too fast, that I move around the stage too much, that I say fuck too much, that my ears are big, that I'm um, my accent's stupid. I said, but, but what now that I've said it, what are you gonna say? Do you know what I mean? And I think there's something I'm just like, once you've owned your insecurities because I'm not saying I'm not insecure I just own them do you know what I mean I know that my accent's mad I know that I talk too fast but I'm owning them rather than trying to cover because people talk about authenticity right be, oh, be authentic and that people don't even know what is yeah know authenticity is just the absence of inauthenticity and you're being inauthentic when you're trying to hide your insecurities and cover up your imperfections I'll just like I'll just like own them I'll just
1: like well you're gonna say it so guess what I'll fucking say it first yeah well, some of the most liberating videos I've ever done is when I've spoken about things which almost getting things off your chest because it uh, almost feels like a, a sense of therapy for you to uh, be able to, to dish uh, out it do does, that. It does. Well.
2: I actually wrote something about two weeks ago that I haven't posted yet for some reason. So I'm now going to post it this week. I've decided. Probably, I was actually saying, I'll say it right now. It's weird. And it, it, it I haven't posted it because part of us is like, well, are they first world problems compared to some other people's problems? Mm-hmm. And then part of us is like, is this me seeking attention? Maybe it is. Part of us is like, I've got the tools to deal with this. Like I shouldn't have these problems like you were saying. Mm -hmm. And it's like dealing with, because I deal with a lot, we have a lot of people in our programs, mate. And sometimes dealing with them challenges becomes a bit heavy. It weighs on me sometimes because I want people to win. And then sometimes the shit that you get on the internet, you're like, fuck this. I don't even need it. I'm like, do I fucking need this? Should I just fuck this off? Should I just fuck this off? I don't need it. That's why sometimes I will tell someone to fuck off sometimes. Do you know what I mean? You know when people are like, kill them with kindness? Well, sometimes I will. Yeah. But sometimes I, and then people are like, oh, we'll just block them. But sometimes I'm like, it's not okay to say that.
1: It depends what mood you're in as well.
2: Like, oh, totally.
1: You never, because we, I've had this conversation with lots of people before, and you can say as much as you want that, or anyone can say as much as they want that they don't give a shit about what anyone thinks. But to a certain degree, if you don't it, care you're what anyone okay.
2: thinks, why are you on social media? Yeah. <laughs> Well, we use society. Why are you posting?
1: Yeah. I've said before, we use society as like a reflection to what our actions are yeah. to let us know like where, where we kind of are in that yeah. sphere. Yeah. But like we had a video that I put up last week, which was like 1.4 million views. Just shitloads of great stuff like really helped me. Yeah. But then we always focus on those little, oh, totally. little messages, mate. Totally. And sometimes every now and again, I'll just fucking bite back. Right. And I probably wish Fuck I hadn't said you. it.
2: And then part of us is like, do you know what? I'm going to say that because you could have said that. And I did a video, but you could have said that to someone who... As a result of what you've said, will harm themselves. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna come up. I'm gonna stand up for people and say that's not fucking okay. Yeah. And I am not gonna cover your name up, mate.
1: Yeah, hundred percent.
2: Because you need to, you need to fuck, people need to be held accountable sometimes. Well, social
1: media is like the biggest place that has zero repercussions for people's actions. Because if it happened in the sleep in the street, you get a end <laughs> But on social media, there's there's nothing to keep. But then keep you people get
2: people saying, "Well, he's clearly in a bad place." I'm like, that still doesn't make it okay. Yeah, Yeah. 100%. That doesn't make it, but part of it, and then I'm like, am I wasting energy on this? So I, I often, and you'll probably get asked this as well, like, how do you deal with criticism? And I'm like, however I deal, however I find appropriate at the time is how I deal with it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I ask, I actually ask this, when I'm interviewing people for podcasts, I'm like, how do you deal with criticism? And everyone has a different answer. Some of them are just, like that Holly was, today was just like, um, oh, I just block them. I, even if someone tries to give us advice that I haven't asked for, I'll block them. Like, well, that's interesting.
1: I think when, whenever you're giving advice to other people, it's a hardest thing to then do it yourself often, because <laughs> I've spoken about this logic before. Like, I was speaking, I can't remember who I was on the podcast with, but we we're speaking about negative comments mm-hmm. and about how obviously like negativity bias you you'll always hone on those yeah, yeah, yeah. those minute yeah. view, and even if you got ten comments overall, if Two of them were negatives. That's twenty percent. Even if you were in a football stadium for a hundred thousand people,
2: that it's never that high a percentage. No, it's not.
1: It's not even close to yeah. that. It's probably point two out of ten. Yeah. So I'm massively overshooting that. So if you have like hundred thousand people in a stadium, eighty thousand people cheering, twenty thousand booing, you'd never hear the other no, twenty percent ever. No, no. So I, I sometimes try and apply that logic, but it doesn't always yeah. work because the mindset you no, approach to you is always different.
2: It doesn't. I. It's it's a it's a it's a very interesting. Uh, process but mate without those negative comments i probably have i wouldn't be able to get as much put as much content out <laughs> no, no, it's part of the thrives on it but it's weird we actually it's funny enough a guy started commenting on my videos again last week sending loads of mad shit and this is this guy we've actually had the police out about before really oh he sent us like a, he sent us me a dress and said is this your address I'm fucking come around anytime you want me as long as max there <laughs> no, <thank you. laughs> Come around anytime you want. But it's weird that it gets to that. I'm like, but part of us feels empathy for them. Like, you must be fucked up to say something like that. But part of us is like, that's not, it's not okay to say Mm -hmm. that. And it's a weird thing. It's probably something to do with fucking masculinity or manhood or something. I don't think that's okay.
1: No, no. It's not, but you you also then just get caught up in other people's drama. Ah, Which uh, is difficult.
2: You do. And I also find the fastest way to put fucking we're looking at a fire there right now, actually is that drama is like a fire. And I'm like, the fastest way to put it out is like, what if I just stop putting fuel on it? Love that. Do you know what I mean? Just stop putting fuel on it. And then people get bored. The funny thing is most of the negative comments I get, will be like 2am on a Saturday, 3am on a Sunday when guys are clearly go full filled. of fucking yeah. sniff and booze and that. And sometimes I'll go, I'll, sometimes I'll DM them and say, what's up with that? And they're like, I can't even remember posting it. Do you know what I mean? We yeah. think they're spending all their time looking at us but actually a lot of the negative comments they don't even remember making them because they just they
0: get triggered by something
2: and I, just, I look at this thing and I'm like, I don't think I've ever left an Aussie comment on anyone else's post.
1: <coughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm trying to reflect if I've ever I'll have,
2: have a battle with. with someone on my post because you've came in me front load and you've taken a fucking shit mate. So yeah. you
1: pick that up. <laughs> yeah. I think you've got to be in a weird place to do it to, to start yeah. off with. But bored. Le- leader of men leader of men mm-hmm. what do you think is missing one one pe- one thing you would say for to men because i'm always interested in like who are role models that i can look up to mm-hmm. and obviously like a couple of the big ones like i went to see one of them two weeks ago in manchester jordan peterson well this is mad when
2: i was speaking in london right i was speaking in london and it was right next to the Wembley arena. So it's at Wembley, the Hilton at Wembley. And someone said, oh, Jordan Peterson on there tomorrow night. I'm like, how the fuck did I not know
1: about that? That's an 18,000 seat uh, yeah. arena. How did I not know about that? You're it's like, mad, isn't You're it? like a secret tour mate. When I went, a lot of people was like, I didn't even know nah. who it was on. It sold out very, very quickly. But he he's mentioned quite a, f- a few times about like how men are, the majority are, are taking up prison space on the streets, committing suicide, mm-hmm. doing worse in schools. Mm-hmm. What, What is missing in in men's lives at the moment? A sense of purpose, a sense of moving towards something.
2: So I'm talking, men need a fucking mission. Think about this, Our mission where my young guys, right? I'm gonna gonna leave school. I'm gonna go to college or whatever. I'm gonna get a job, I'm gonna get a bird. I'm gonna settle down. What happens after that? That's it until you die, Mm -hmm. until you retire and then you die. So m- men get caught up in this place where their only goal is to make it a Friday or their only goal is to make it other two weeks in Turkey, which they also spend pissed. Mm-hmm. So I think men need this mission. They need a fucking animal to hunt or a fucking uh, edamomite bean to hunt or something. <laughs> <laughs> they, need, <laughs> they, need, they need something to hunt. Do you know what I mean? They need yeah. something to get after. So we lose that and obviously I've been, I then got bullied into coaching women in 2020. I don't know how that's happened, but they get in that place as well. My wife was certainly this as well. They have their kids, kids get a little bit older. What have they got going on? They have no purpose anymore Mm -hmm. or no sense of purpose. And I think purpose gets this thing. It's not what you are born to do. It's just a sense, it's a feeling, a feeling that I'm moving towards something. And I think that's the main thing. Men are wandering through life aimlessly lethargically in a fucking daze. So the only way they can kind of wake themselves up from that daze is to get pissed and get on the sniff. And that's that's what I feel. And that's the majority of men that are, even people that, even guys that struggle with anxiety, I'm like, what are you working towards right now? Where's your mind at? They're not working towards anything, just surviving. And that's okay until it isn't. Mm-hmm. Guys with depression, they can't see a compelling future. So they, they get, all of these people are getting defined by the past so that they're left with it. They've just got the memories of the past, the romanticize how things used to be, when they used to be able to go on the session, not feel like shit, when they used to be able to do this, when they used to look that way, and then romanticize that. The people that have, who you're around, that have fucking great energy, that are, you feel it from them, mm-hmm. that are inspiring, that have good energy, that are, the talk with passion, are always the ones that are defined by a fucking vision of the future. They're moving, they're always moving towards something, have goals and have targets. Anyone that you get around that has great energy and is inspired and is, I I call it like living an electric life. Mm -hmm. I want my life to be fucking electric. Most people actually live, I've heard a quote that's like quiet life, lives of quiet desperation or something. I don't necessarily with that, but I think a lot of us, and I think these people on that forum that we're talking about Mm -hmm. as well, their biggest problem is that they live a boring life. So they get a sense of significance and excitement from talking shit about other people. So that's
1: where I'm at with that whole thing. It's it's interesting because that happens to a lot of people in sport as well, doesn't it? Once they've lost that goal, end purpose, and the goal, military that, that, guys, that guys who come out the
2: military, the same. They've got they've lost their routine, they've lost their mission, they've lost their, They're always working towards something, then suddenly, like, where do I go now? I mean, me and Lucy were talking about it before.
0: Yeah, she mm-hmm. lost
2: that a little bit. She's now she's so she's now got new things to move towards, and I think we always need this. And mate, that could be something. It can it can be something as simple as you know what? I'm gonna start jiu jitsu. Do you know what? I'm gonna. I'm going to build me business. Do you know what? I'm going to go for a promotion. Do you know what? I'm going to just lose weight. Mm-hmm. you got something to get your teeth stuck into. You've got something that occupies your headspace. You're, you're solving problems. Because many people that suffer from anxiety, in my experience, they're always creative people. They have a creative intellect. So they invent problems because they're not giving them... Bro- Once you, if you fill somebody's life who suffers with any kind of anxiety, you fill their life with challenges, with like even if it's like learning a language or building a business or whatever, they're suddenly now they've got something to focus on, their attention somewhere. So the brain is solving problems rather than fucking making them up.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. So Do you know what I'm saying? It's, it's it's guiding that attention to something which is more- I don't have room for anxiety yeah. anymore. Yeah, well that makes sense. I don't sense. have
2: room in my brain. This is man, This is how I solve it. I used to have horrendous panic attacks on flights. Horrendous. Cause you were just sedated. I couldn't, yeah. all I was thinking about was I'm stuck on this flight. Now, I have loads of shit to learn, to watch, to read. Football Manager on the iPad. Uh, I've got BJJ Instructionals. I've got magazines. I've got books. I've got work to do. And guess what? When I'm in that zone, right? My mind's busy. Anxiety can't get in. Because I can't fucking manage Sunderland or Football Manager getting them in a Premier League. (laughs) That's a stress in itself. It is a stress. (laughs) But I can't do that and have anxious thoughts at the same time. I can only have one thought at a time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Sure, sure, I can jump around with but I can't have an anxious thought at the same time as I'm fucking taking me center forward off and signing R- Jermaine Defoe again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: But it's the same thing with what Mo was talking about when we were speaking to him the other week about happiness. Mm-hmm. The opposite to happiness is obviously unhappiness, but mm-hmm. if you haven't got that, you're gonna be happy. So it's just the almost happiness is just the equation of of minus and the, the unhappiness. Uh, yeah, I'm also gotta the thing, thing. I've
2: also got to think about right with happiness. I'm always like, I wouldn't know what happiness was unless I'd felt unhappiness. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't this know what it was. And I'm, I think I've also got to this point now we're on this is like I'm okay with not being happy all the time.
1: Well, I think if you are the opposite to that though and you try and force being fake positive, yeah. it, it that's what that's hurts more. Because you feel like you, you should feel different. In this p- oh, totally,
2: time. mate. I think this is a big problem for people as well. We think just because we're not positive that we're broken. Yeah. I'm like, no, I mean, two weeks ago, I was in Belfast. This is mad. I just had a fucking mad week, right? So obviously shit's blown up. We're talking about a book deal with a ghostwriter, Tyson Fury's ghostwriter and Middleton's ghostwriter. I'm talking to them at the minute, right? And then I've got, I've spoken at fucking Wembley. Not, I've had Vicky Patterson on the podcast, class. Then I've gone, spoken at Wembley and torn the fucking roof off. Then I've got a fucking limo with a PlayStation 5 in the back. All that kind of jazz, taking us home. Then I'm opening me local fucking City Hall, Newcastle City Hall, 1,000 people for James. Then I'm opening fucking Belfast on a Saturday, 1,000 people for James. And then Sunday... We're at at Phil's house, they're drinking, eating and that, have a great time. Then I'm in the airport and I start having this fucking meltdown. I'm like, what the fuck's the matter with me? So I've got that, I still get these, I'm, I'm not convinced, I think I got diagnosed bipolar, but I'm not convinced that, that's not who I am either way. I'm not, when people say I'm bipolar, I'm like, no, you're not, you've just been given that, I was just given that diagnosis, it's not who I am. That's not my identity that, but I still, I'm sitting in the airport and I ring Leslie, my wife, and I say, Leslie, I think I'm having a fucking midlife crisis. <laughs> Sat in the airport, honestly, I haven't drunk. No no drugs or anything and I'm in fucking tears. She said, what's the matter with you? I said, I didn't fucking know. I said, but I don't feel right here. She I booked a call with you. She, she said, you need a coach. And the problem that I've got is my coach from 2019, she's retired now. So I texted her said, on a scale of one to 10, how likely are you to come out of retirement to coach me? She was like 11. So I
1: had a call with her the next day and we just got out with the, this headspace that I was in. It's weird. Do, do, so it still th-
2: happens that still happens do
1: you think people get the the lines blared though between success and happiness?
2: Oh, totally' Because my life this is mad. my life didn't look any different. you can the facts about your life stay the same. it's just your feelings that change you're just seen it through a different lens so I know that and again so i was I was also sick and that time I was on a moxicillin for this mm-hmm. chest infection that I got a fucking at i f s which was mad, but obviously there. I came back from there, I've got a chest infection, and even though I'm doing those things, I'm sick. Sunday was just a So the facts of my life were the same, but I was convinced that my life was fucked. The next day, two, three days later, I've got a bit more headspace. I've rested a little bit, I'm back into my routine, I'm back walking and that, I'm off the fucking, I'm off the um, amoxicillin, the antibiotics, and my life feels completely different, but nothing had changed, apart from my mood. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I think that's what people get confused with. They think mood's permanent. It's not permanent. You know what I mean? I think my thing with happiness changed when I realized that happiness is not supposed to be permanent. Mm-hmm. It's a fucking emotion. And emotion, emotions are transient. You're meant to experience them all. Do you
1: know what I'm saying? Yeah, someone gave a good quote similar to that the other day. It was about how you are the sky and the clouds and the weather are just like the moods passing yeah. by and you just need yeah, to try yeah. and stand back and observe them passing by. People say I, I just you.
2: want to be happy. I'm like, that's not a, that's not a being thing. It's a mm-hmm. a it's a, it's a, an emotion, mm-hmm. which is energy in motion, which is transient, which is subject to this law of impermanence that they talk about. I'm like, if I'm not happy all the time, I'm all right with it. I just stopped thinking that I was supposed to be yeah. all the time. Like, it's not like, if you said another emotion, like, okay, what's another emotion? Okay, I feel resentful. You don't feel resentful all the time. Do you know what I mean? You mm-hmm. just feel it every now and again when certain things pop up. So resent, any of these emotions, this is what I'm obsessed with this in a minute. Think about this, right? You can change your body, right? How it feels, so the emotion, with thought alone. How mad that? Isn't it mad that? So I can change how my body feels with a single thought. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. It's That's incredible to me. And I did loads of work on this last weekend in London, and it's like you picture, you can conjure up a picture. You ask your brain a question, like uh, think of someone that really pisses you off. Within a fucking minute, you feel
1: pissed Feeling. off. Yeah,
2: it's insane that, isn't it? So think about this: what if happiness is just a result of thinking happy thoughts? <laughs> People think that's cheesy. No, I hundred percent get it, but it's too simple. It's,
1: it, it's. I think the harder think thing about practiced. that is takes practice. And you need to be self-aware uh, to to get good
2: at what you practice. So if you want to get good at feeling happier,
1: right, experiencing more the emotion of happiness more often, practice thinking happy thoughts. So that's exactly what, again, referring back to Mo we talked when we spoke to him last week was about like people just don't self-aware enough to know that that their brain actually isn't them, and that you can ask your brain for another thought mm-hmm. to, to to change the mm-hmm. mood that that that's you're mine. in. Yeah, and and he I think he labeled it as like. Know, Brenda or something like that. And he, right. he often talks to it and asks it for a different thought. they yeah. will go again, they'll give me another one. Yeah. Give me another one. Until he yeah. gets to the happy thought which then changes. What's mad me. is
2: that it'll actually, if you're pissed off, right? And this is only something that I learned last week. So your brain, will, you'll get triggered by something. The trigger, usually that it's actually, you'll see something it actually triggers an older memory.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Because the more, the stronger the emotion is, the more you'll pay attention to it. So usually you'll see something that triggers you, but it reminds, us, it's, it reminds you of something that happened in your past. So it brings up this emotion and obviously it then sends a signal down your spinal cord to the adrenal glands, which triggers more fucking adrenaline. And then it sends that back up to the brain, right? Your brain feels it. And then it just backs up. It's like negativity stacking. It stacks all of these things because it gets addicted to the hormones of anger, gets addicted to the hormones of stress.
1: So that like almost like- Makes you feel alive, right? A a watered down version of PTSD almost. Totally. yeah. Yeah. Totally. I keep bringing up the same thing. Um... But it's
2: mad that we're, we're good at feeling those emotions because we've fucking trained it. We're not shown any other mm-hmm. way. And I'm actually, I think the reason that we don't, we don't, it's almost like we don't want to think these happy thoughts. It's not that we don't want, it's that we don't give ourselves permission to think it. We think that the outside world has to be the same as what we think it should be, like the shoulds. So we think our pictures in our head around how our body should look, our pictures in our head around other how people, how other people should behave around how much money should be in our bank account, around our relationships. We think that when that doesn't match, so the reality doesn't match our pictures, like we're not allowed to feel, experience enough
1: happiness. Like we can't think happy thoughts until it all lines up. It's mad. So if you could just, if you just keep taking those in all the time from society though, and that's what you're training your brain to do or think, and uh, you've got that neuroplasticity and that, uh, that's cemented in your brain. Yeah. That's a hard thing to break down. Isn't oh, it? totally man, totally. Because you got to consider 95%
2: of our thoughts are the same as the ones I had yesterday.
1: <laughs> Habits. So
2: about 60 000 to 70,000 thoughts a day, 95% of them are exactly the same ones as I had yesterday. It's no wonder it's hard to break the habit of being yourself. That's my favorite book at the minute. You can't break the habit of being yourself because the hardest thing to do, the hardest part of change is not doing what you did yesterday. The hardest part of changing your brain is not thinking the same thoughts you did yesterday. So they call this, um, what are they calling this at the minute? Ah, I forgot the word, I can't believe it. It's a great word. Metacognition, thinking about your thinking. Metacognition, is. this is what I'm on right now. How do I not want to think today? How do I not want to be? Becoming conscious of your unconscious thoughts, which is why, so you do this in meditation, which is why when you try and meditate, when people lose their shit, I just can't focus, I can't get present. All those thoughts that are popping up, those are your unconscious thoughts. How long's left? How much, can I say up yet? Are oh, we finished yet? This is taking too long. I've got this to do this afternoon. She said that about me yesterday. I've just remembered it. I wonder why she said that. All that kind of stuff pops up those your unconscious thoughts rising to the surface because you're not doing. So I'm like, that's meditation right there. That's you becoming conscious of your unconscious. It's mad, isn't it? It's you get, meditation means getting and becoming familiar with and you're becoming familiar with your unconscious thoughts, it's mad.
1: It, it That almost feels like if you were to draw it as a, as a picture to be, whatever that thing is, whatever that issue is, you'd be at it with a magnifying glass and you you almost, oh, totally. need, to, you almost need to take the telescope out yeah, to it to be able yeah, to really yeah, give yeah. it context and perspective. Yeah,
2: it's weird because Despenser talks about this. He said, become so conscious of your unconscious thoughts that you never go unconscious to them again, which is basically think about your thinking so much that you remember that that's not who you are. Like he has this thing where where the reason people... Don't do, like, you know this, mate. People will say they're going to do something and do something else and they'll call it self-sabotage. But actually what happens is you just do something that isn't in line with what you say you want. And the reason I think people do is because they forget their future. Mm -hmm. So they they partake in a behavior from the past because that's just what they're trained to do. And I think that all the time. If you think about some of the things you've done, you're like, why the fuck did I do that? It's because you forgot your future. We're amazing at remembering our past, but we're fucking terrible at remembering our
1: future it's a cool way to look is at it, that, mate and... it feels like some magic mushrooms kind of shit there.
2: <laughs> well funny enough I did a 7 day retreat with Jordan Spencer check this out this blew me out of face I went at this retreat it was at the XL in London 2,700 people this is the mad part 3,000 quid a ticket it's 8 million quid <sighs> it was amazing it's a high ticket event nah. high ticket event it sold out on 6 hours <laughs> Leslie's coach Susie she couldn't get a ticket
1: uh, mad at that it was fucking mad, mate. One of the I think what, this was the one that you were at when I was texting you. You said you was. Was I? There was hey, a four AM yeah,
2: yeah. meditation. It was four hours seventeen minutes long. The meditation, and I went to the moon at least twice. <laughs> I did. I'm telling you right now, I had out of body experiences with no drugs. In that mad, but mate, there was women in the audience having orgasms. I don't know why I'm whispering. Really, I'm, I'm on a fucking podcast. I don't know why yeah, I'm whispering. Like, I'm holding Lu- no one. Lucy Lu- 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 Lu will be able to hear <laughs> you. will <say. laughs> be all right about that. So so. There was, there was women in the crowd having orgasms, man. It was wild. How does that even happen there? All this breathing shit, it's where you put your focus, right? So we're doing this, it was a pineal gland activation meditation, which is what he's famous for. And it's mad because I overcame a lot of stuff that week because I was like, right, there's no way I can meditate at 4 a.m. And then I did. I didn't believe I could. I was just like, well, I'll just fucking show up and see you what haven't happens. Seen the evidence. See what happens. Yeah. And then I was like, I'd heard that there was a two hour meditation. I thought that was it and I was like, I can't meditate for two hours. I was like, I'll give it a go. Meditated for two hours and it ended up being four hours. All the way through, my mind was going, just lift your eye mask up because you're wearing an eye mask. Just lift your eye mask up? And I didn't. Just check the time. I wonder how long's left. So all these thoughts were popping up for me. And I was like, well, I wonder what he said something that I love, which is what's on the other side of that belief? So all the beliefs that we have, what's on the other side of it? So my beliefs were I can't get up, with, I'm not I can't meditate at 4 a.m. Mm. I can't do a two-hour meditation. I can't do a four-hour meditation. I'm, this is too long. I need, and I just kept asking myself, what's on the other side of this? And the other thing that happened was, um, I was three kilos of our weight for a jujitsu comp. And when I got there, I was like, oh, that's fine. I'll just eat less calories and train. When we got there, I was like, we can't train. The days was either 4 a.m. start or 6 a.m. start and an 8 p.m. finish, can't train. So then uh, I said, like, what the fuck am I going to do? He made say, well, why don't you fast till dinner? I was like, I can't fast. I'll get too grumpy. I'll get too grouchy. I'll get too hungry. And then guess what I did, fasted, lost three kilos and I didn't compete because the, I lost that weight, right? I was on weight two days early. And then they were like, oh, there's no one in your weight category, we need to move you up to 86, I'd cut to 79. <sighs> seven kilos heavier oh, and also, there's no one in your age division or the age division below, so you'll have to compete in the, th- the uh, 30 plus division. So they wanted to compete against kids that were 12 years younger than us and seven kilos heavier. I was like, I am yeah. out, fucking no chance, <laughs> no chance. So I, that, so that, but that whole thing was really, like, what's on the other side of this yeah. little, because it was, it wasn't anything, it wasn't like, oh, and hell, I've got so much motivation and inspiration. I was just like, what's on the other side of this little belief that I've got?
1: Self-limiting beliefs, it's yeah.
2: What's on the other side of it? That's all I asked. What's on the other side of it? I didn't try and convince myself that I could do it. I was just like, what's on the other side of this? if I just stayed with it a little bit longer?
1: It's weird, isn't it? The only thing I've ever had close to that is, I don't know if you've ever done them, is the... They called uh sentry deprivation pods,
2: oh, the um floor tanks, yeah, yeah, floor tanks. Yeah.
1: Aye. The first time I did that, mate, it was I couldn't explain it. it was like being back in my mum's womb again, if, I, if that could ever be the thing, because I, it, I was the same, like I wonder what time it is, I wonder what's going on, but because I couldn't check anything yeah. and I was floating, so yeah. I had no sense of yeah. like gravity, yeah. couldn't hear anything, couldn't you see You know what it is.
2: Jordan Spence that describes it like this, he said. You know you're in a deep meditative state or theta brainwave when your body's asleep, but your mind's away. Mm -hmm. And that's what, that's that's real solid meditation That because your brain have dropped. Theta brainwave is when you have quite a lot of dreams. Theta brainwave is where you go. That's where you were. Theta brainwave, body's asleep, mind's
1: away. I was saying fucking colors, shooting stuff, all all, things I'd never ever seen before. I was a human
2: rocket ship going through a rainbow.
1: (laughs) There you go. Have you seen the series Moon Knight before?
2: No. Nah. Oh well there's this character on it called Gonshu, he's like he's conchu he's called, he's like the Grim Reaper. I met him as well. Uh, I met him and he was a Geordie. <laughs> uh, and this is all not on drugs. Nah. Not, yeah. Not. Which is mad. Which is mad. Uh
1: mad. So have you because obviously we were speaking before, just before yeah. we jumped on. Yeah. James we've had James on the podcast for news. We've spoken yeah. quite openly about like mushrooms and MDMA and stuff. Mm-hmm. Have you had any experience of that? Well, I've took a lot of MDMA.
2: I've took MDMA, this is this is great. I took MDMA in Hollywood. Really? Hollywood, aye. That, that was a giggle. I speaking at an event in Hollywood. It was very strong, <laughs> <laughs> very fucking strong. I've done MDMA in Vegas. It's just fucking easy, isn't it really? It's just mm-hmm. pills, strong yeah. pills. Done a lot of that. Um, obviously I've done a lot of cocaine. I don't think that counts on me. I'm like, it's not shitting it really. Um. I've done weed. I've never had a good experience with weed ever. Ever. I did
1: did it once when I was about thirteen. Terrible. Spooked my head off. Paranoid as
2: fuck. Um, I actually here's a little story for you. because obviously we talk about Florida and fucking. Mm -hmm. I was in. uh, We went to Florida. We we did two weeks. We did uh, like ten days in Florida, four days in Miami. And I take these CBD gummies when I'm at home. No idea whether they work, but they seem to be a placebo effect. Yeah. So I've done, a, I've done 10 days in Florida. I mean, sleep is a bit shit because jet lag fucks with me a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Like I don't do very well in other time zones. So I thought, right, I'm gonna get some of these. We went to Miami and I was like, I'll get some of these CBD gummies. I went to the CBD shop. I've Googled as well, that like, weed's illegal. Cannabis is illegal in Florida, in the state of Florida. So I got these CBD gummies. I went to pay for them and they were $70. I was like, that's fucking expensive. But you know, when you get to the till, I'm not going, oh, no, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. I've done that with a Louis Vuitton Your bag ego's once. too big, yeah, yeah. I do that with a Louis Vuitton. I was like, Bleh! I vomited all <laughs> over the fucking keyboard. The worst part is my wife said, while you're there, can you get me a purse? Fucking purse is 400 quid. <laughs> yeah, like, Bleh! Was, honestly, it was horrendous. Anyway, so I, did, I, I got them and I took one. Next thing I know, I'm in the sea chasing seagulls. I've got my wife's clothes on and my kids think it's amazing. I mean, why you saying you're a fucking embarrassment? <laughs> so these gummy rings on the front it said THC zero. Turns out THC zero is synthetic m- cannabis, um, and it's nine times stronger than weed.
1: Are <laughs> you just chewing them? up
2: I didn't know. So I didn't actually have the whole paranoia really. Yeah, because I didn't know. I didn't know. Um, but uh, that was mad. The kids were the kids were like, "Dad, oh, have another one of them." I'm like, "No, I'm not." But obviously, that's not a yeah. thing to encourage. But yeah, that, there was that. But mushrooms, I'm very intrigued to try. Yeah, There's, very a, lot, there's, to try. A, there's a
1: lot of research to do with that, even in terms of like so clinical trials much, with depression, anxiety. So much,
2: so much. I actually think they'll be legal within the next ten years. I'd right? be surprised if they. Yeah, but know. who's going to make the money on them? You know what I mean? Tax. Who's going to make money. the money on them? Yeah. So, um, I'd like to give them a go, particularly after seeing there's a documentary on Netflix called How to Change Your Mind that I I loved. Um. My wife again. My wife would probably she wouldn't do them with me because she'd be like, I'll be too worried about you. Mm-hmm. Um, she'd come and I'd want to do it guided. Like I wouldn't just fucking take mushrooms and sit in the house watching Friends. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not that I watch Friends, by the way. Not there's anything wrong with Friends. Not I for fucking me. hate Friends. It's not for me. Nah. It's not. For, in fact, no one in my house even watches. Oh, it. mate, Lucy has can. it on every time I'm watching
1: Breakfast Tea. Whatever she's got Friends on the background. And like, it's not even one of those I can just bear. I fu- it makes really? me fucking angry, really? mate. That's one of my triggers. Shit, yeah. Man.
2: <laughs> shit. Family guy. That's all I'm meant mm-hmm. to say. So I'm not going to sit at home taking mushrooms and watching Family Guy, but I would like to do it with like a shaman or something. Yeah. There's some in Liverpool actually there's a guy who does mushrooms oh, really? in Liverpool. I, I...
1: spoke I to a couple of mates about them because they, they've done them before. Especially guys who've been in the army as well because yeah, they yeah. said it massively yeah. massively helped them. So it's always... My challenge is
2: because I've had those experiences with the weed, I'd be worried about that happening. Yeah. Like I'd yeah. get, I'd create anxiety around it. If there's a shaman there, they would just distract you. That's all they do. All they do is distract you from what's happening, and they talk to you.
1: A lot of people say that you figure figure things out during those periods as well, mm-hmm. don't they? Because mm-hmm. deeper thought.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, so everyone that said that's done it is like, no, you won't get paranoid. It's not like having the the of coat and getting right
0: like, geared up, fucking yeah.
2: anxious and wired up. Said it's completely different than that, but stay fucking tuned.
0: We'll see. Stay tuned. We'll see. Well, well, we well.
2: between me and you, I got some the other week. <laughs> I got some the other week, but I. Uh, uh, we'll that's, see.
1: That's for another podcast.
2: I had a micro dose on Tuesday, but. You're not supposed to feel anything with the micro. It's like point one of a gram. So, so, when, so what? You, what is
1: the point in that then? in doing the micro is that to I kind of get you read a
2: little bit of? But no, it's, apparently you're supposed to do it the other way around. You have your big fucking breakthrough on first because it changes your brain. Yeah. So that's what my wife said. What your micro doesn't for is like I just want to see what it's like. But apparently you can get over time because you you micro over time you get. I don't think you get the same results, but you get some results. Yeah. Uh, and it's apparently it's a big thing now. Micro doesn't LSD is massive as well now
1: uh interesting there eh? uh in, te- in terms of you but talk- you're not
2: supposed to feel it so how do you know it works do you know what i'm saying yeah because you're taking so little that you don't know whether it works it's weird isn't
1: it i suppose it's like a lot like even with steroids and yeah, stuff meditation's like that. like that how do you yeah. know meditation yeah. works
2: you can't really you can't really you can't really know meditation whether meditation but how works. much of
1: it's placebo you just don't know, do you know well
2: here's what joe dispenza says he's like because he does it he calls it mental rehearsal so he does the getting present part, getting your brainwaves down with theta, theater so you can open up your subconscious. And then he does like, what do you not want to think today? And then what do you want to think? And what would your perfect day look like? And at the end of the day, what would this feel like? Mm-hmm. So he's on about getting it in the future. And he says, now we want you to pay attention to things that happen. Notice, look for feedback. has a mad one for you. Can't believe I'm going to tell you this. <laughs> Here's a mad one for you. Um, the other week I was going... I was going, I can't remember where I was going, but I needed my hair coat, so the barbers had to stay open later. Anyway, oh, it was before when I went, I was making an offer that was high ticket, right? Expensive. And yeah. I thought, no one's going to fucking buy this. I was worried about it. And it's not like me that I'm normally comfortable selling. If I was selling something that was higher ticket, I was like, I'm at this event with PTs and that, or they're going to be, they'll probably be talking about the cost of living crisis all the yeah. time, just fair enough. Or they're going to be in the headspace. So I thought, right, I'm going to do this meditation on abundance, right? It's not only my thing that. So, fucking, I'm going to do it anyway. Um, I've got to meditate now, so I'll choose. He's like, choose the meditation. That he, like, go into meditation with an intention. Mm-hmm. What do you want to get from it? So I did this abundance thing, and then I was had to go to the barbers, and the guy said, "Can you bring cash?" So I went to the cash point, and I went to the cash point. And someone had left the receipt hanging out. Fuck! I had two hundred and sixteen grand in his bank account. Really? Isn't that mad. Twenty minutes after I did a meditation on something that I've never. Isn't that mad? Also, who the fuck keeps that much money in a current account? Man's never heard of inflation, has he? You know what I mean? It's mad, isn't it? Isn't that mad, though? It's crazy. So he's like, just know, pay attention to things like that. Manifesting stuff, yeah. Uh, uh, it's weird. I mean, it wasn't my bank account, so it doesn't Yeah, count. Yeah, it doesn't you know feel, know what feel what as good, mate. Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't keep it in there.
1: Speaking about filling your time. Yes. How... Because I've got into this recently as well. Not, to, not what you've got into, but I've got into Muay Thai about five months ago been enjoying it, been, being sick. good, being humbled and doing a different discipline. Yeah, I see. How do you think BJJ is, oh, like hell. you you getting beat up and being humbled every week yeah. and getting your ass handed to yeah. you. How has that impacted your life, both physically and mentally? So I'll
2: tell you how I got into Jiu Jitsu. I actually, when I was still doing the gear off my table, yeah. my friend knew I was struggling. He said, do you want to hit, I've just got qualified at boxer size. Do you want to come and hit some pads? So I started hitting pads. Fucking hell, mate, it's mad. I could do a minute on the pads and then need two off minute on, two minutes Blowing. on. Now I'm doing, fucking. now we're doing 10, 10 minute rounds with no rest. Uh, rolling Jiu Jitsu, which is harder than boxing. So anyway, then, so I I quite enjoyed that. And he said, do you want to do some sparring? Never spar boxing before, punch me in the face. Had a bit of a dust up with him. I was like, this is, that's what got me off the coke, boxing. Cause I was like, I felt, you know what I was saying? I, was, I took it because I wanted to feel something. Once I got punched in the face, I was like, this is for fucking, this is for me, this. Then I broke my nose a couple of times, and then Leslie was, the kids were training Jiu-Jitsu, and she was like, I talked to the coach, and one of my friends, he got signed by the UFC, right? He was a cage warrior as world champ. He went for medical six days before he's meant to f- his first fight in the UFC, and he found out he had a brain there, a lesion on his brain. It was UFC, turned him down. After he'd signed the contract, he failed on medical terms. So he started getting on, it was about getting punched in the head. So why don't you try jiu-jitsu and then I was fucking hook mate. So benefits of it for me, obviously the fitness is like nothing else. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, I can get fucking jacked, right? When I train consistently, I get jacked as fuck with no weight training. I don't like weight training. I find it boring. Actually, I don't, but when I compare it to jujitsu, I'm like, it's, yeah. it's you know what I mean? When you do your favourite thing, you can't compare it to something that's not.
1: That's been know. similar to me though, mate, because me and Lucy obviously started doing the long yeah. distance running. You have something then to reflect on it yeah. from and, yeah, and I put started put in a different comparison yeah yeah, yeah. I, I started to find myself thinking, enjoying the runs more than the yeah. lifts do
2: you know it's weird it's weird I compare it to this do you know when you've been on the motorway and you're driving sorry do you know when you're driving around like your town and you're driving 30 miles an hour yeah. it feels quite fast but then when you come off the motorway and you drive 30 down. It feels like you're going backwards yeah doesn't it yeah that's what it feels like for me so I can understand that I get jacked because I'm getting strength training because I'm fucking bench pressing men yeah <laughs> deadlifting Big men boys Aye. And uh, I'm getting the cardio at the same time. So there's that. Then there's the knowing that you can fucking fold somebody in half while they're still in their clothes. <laughs> right? Or you can fold their clothes up with them still in them. You know you can do that. There's the the community is amazing. Like I can go, if I brought my kid here, I could go to any gym around here and go and train jujitsu and roll around with mm-hmm. other men and just be their mate straight away. It's weird like that. And then there's obviously the camaraderie of your gym where you're training at. Um, and I think actually for me, if I'm in a low mood or a poor state and I want to sit around feeling sorry for myself at home on my own, which I can still be prone to that. We can all be. Yeah. Fuck people. I can't be awesome people today. Once I go to jujitsu, I can be quiet. I'm not ex- nothing's I don't have to be the fucking performer. Because mm-hmm. in my role that happens quite a lot. I feel like I've got to be and I same. feel like I've got to be entertaining. I feel like I've got to be high energy guy. Yeah. When I go to jujitsu, I don't I know I'm gonna get fucked up by someone. So I tend to keep me I'm a little bit more quiet in jujitsu. <laughs> uh, but that's that whole thing. And obviously you've got the mental health benefit of there's nowhere else to be. You've got to figure out problems live and in the moment. I'm not thinking about what that cunt said about me on Facebook or what Instagram posts I'm going to make tomorrow or what email I'm going to send or what my wife's going to say when I get home or what the kids are doing. Or I'm just there. So there's honestly,
1: for me, transformative for all of those reasons. A lot of people like when they get into things like that as well and I was the same get addicted to it. Do you, do you think there's something to do with whether it's like human DNA? Yeah. Especially for guys where Becomes they go into those, your those your kind of things. Purpose. But like, there's just something about fighting. Oh, totally. For, which goes to pack, back yeah. hundreds, thousands totally. of years.
2: Totally. Don't think it's for everybody. I think there is something about fighting. There is something about having somewhere way, let go of some aggression and for mm-hmm. it to be okay. Um, Because if we think about, cause because they're not, men aren't going to talk. I think that that's men's version of talking. I've never said that before. But that's That's interesting. interesting. We're expressing ourselves through our body rather than this.
1: And it's controlled.
2: I've never thought about that before. I think it is. Because I I talk to a lot of the guys at jiu-jitsu and some of them do get down quite a lot and they're the same. If they can't train, they lose it a little bit. And I get the same, mate, when I was in. So I've been injured or sick for the last six weeks. I figured out that if someone's trying to break your leg, the best thing to do is tap, not just hold on. So I fucked my knee twice. Um, and then I've been 6 so I haven't trained for six weeks and if I look at other people training Jiu-Jitsu or because obviously I follow a lot of Jiu-Jitsu pages a lot of Jiu-Jitsu lads that I've trained with or like the big players mm-hmm. in Jiu-Jitsu if I watch them and I'm not feeling great it makes us feel worse because I'm like I want to do that and I can't so I have to, I actually mute them really I mute them for seven days because it makes me feel worse yeah. same with people on the sesh made I'm trying not to drink Fomo. so if they're on the sesh I just mute them for a bit I did that in the, you know, the Euros that they did last year where England got to the final and yeah. I, I muted all the people that were out on the fucking booze because I'm like, I want to do it because it's fun. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. it's not good for me.
1: It's, fo- it's basically FOMO. So, so I me? have to, I just
2: yeah. I just don't look at it because if I focus on what I can't do, it makes me feel like shit. So I focus on what I can do but the, a lot of the guys who do this that, like, if they can't train it, it gets them down. So now thinking about that, is it men's way of talking and communicating is to get physical. It's,
1: well, I suppose it gives guys or, or girls a, a place and a thing to bond over as well.
2: And like-minded people, uh, I've never been to a jiu-jitsu gym and thought he's a prick.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, people might have thought, oh, about me. (laughs) (laughs) But I've never gone to a jiu-jitsu gym and thought I didn't like that guy. Got on well well, with all of them because it's like a common interest as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a common interest. uh,
1: And I suppose there's a a real discipline with it as well uh, that uh, that comes with it. You uh, can't really rebel against...
2: You can't really fuck around. You're going to get humbled. You're going to get fucked up. You're going to get fit. You're going to feel... I've never left a jiu-jitsu class feeling worse than when I went in, except when I told me peck. That was that cried after that one. How'd you do that? Got on board.
1: <laughs> felt it pop straight away. Well actually
2: I felt it pop, but my bicep went black, so I thought I tore my bicep. Turns out I told me peck. That was a hard year for me that, not being able to train jujitsu.
1: It's it's um, difficult when you get that ingrained with something, it becomes I mean, I've been to the same So I got the London Marathon on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I got injured about four weeks ago and I've mm-hmm. I've applied myself fucking like gave everything over the last four months mm-hmm. got injured mentally mate i haven't it's spoke hot. about it too much it, it honestly killed kill me mm-hmm. To and but even now i'm going into the race on sunday and i'm injured mm-hmm. so the, the time that i'd prepped for yeah. was three hours 30. i'm not going to get it and i think talk I'll, I'll come on to speaking about time as well because we're leading to a, a similar to- topic the, the time was the thing that was putting stress on me mate yeah. thinking like i need to do this otherwise yeah. I'm letting other people so down.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your criteria for success, you're yeah. probably just going to have to change it now. But, the,
1: the, but that's what I did this week. So yeah. I was speaking to one of my, someone else who's doing it mm-hmm. and I, I kind of had to take a step back and think, okay, the actual reason why I'm doing it is because I'm doing it for charity. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go down. There's going to be a buzz on the day. you am never gonna, done a marathon, just, have you? No, no. So, so I'm going en- en- to it? en- enjoy man. it. Like I'm going to have a good time. Yeah. It, was the, it was the pressure that I was putting on to yeah, myself.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what's weird? because I had the similar kind of thing when I went back to jiu So I had the year off with the injury. It's marginal. You know? I could still deadlift like 150 kilos, but I couldn't take the fucking, I couldn't eat ice cream. <laughs> doing that kind of action. I couldn't yeah. take the lid off a jog. The, the external I rotation. Yeah. High, but I could fucking deadlift 150 kilos. Fucking sunny sending all these mad programs and I'm video videoing myself squatting and that. It's mad. I didn't really, enjoy, I did it, but it was cause it was all I could do. I had this fucking concept Two bike that I fucking hated. Devil's dildo, I call Go it. Go on the guys, man. Devil's yeah. dildo, awful, awful. Um, funny enough, as soon as me peck got a little bit better, I fucked that straight off.
1: Never used the weights again. That was just a, a gap filler.
2: Just that was yeah, all, cause yeah. just to feel a bit better. Um, but I went back to jujitsu, and it was me coach that told me peck. So I really? was like, I'm not fucking training there anymore, this cunt. So I went to a new gym where, so I hadn't trained for a year. So I'm out of shape, very out of shape. I'm a blue belt, which indicates that I'm pretty good. In a new gym where I don't know anybody, and my first session, I was fucking getting smashed by white belts. Extremely hard for me. But my goal, the reason I'm saying this is, my criteria for success just became, don't get fucking submitted here. Get submitted less times than before. So I stopped, actually, I stopped trying to win and started focusing on what would indicate that I'm actually getting better here. So showing up now, even now, just turning up to win instead of thinking, well, I have to win this many rounds and I should submit this guy. And I was just like, well, if I just turn up, I'm going to
1: get better. Mm-hmm. If I just turn up, that's... So who you, you do you prefer to train with? People who are better? Better. better? It's not that good. You've
2: got to be able to handle the not in confidence though. Mm-hmm. So, but also I'm still wary of the injury. So you're more likely to get injured with someone that's bigger than you and a white belt. Yeah. You? Because they'll just try and rag things on and that. So now I like training people that are better but also I, I was saying to me coach I don't feel like I'm getting any better. He said the problem you've got Paul you're training with people that are already better than you. Yeah. And they're still showing up. So they're showing up as much as you. So said they're not you're not progressing faster than them because the so he, every going would be like you need to go roll with him. And then I'm like oh actually I'm not as bad as I thought I was. Or sometimes I go to a different gym and I realize how good my gym is. Like fucking different hell, like standards. Fucking my oh, monsters an hour. Everyone that I talk to knows of our gym and the people that train in our gym, they're like, oh, fucking hell, I the gym full of killers there. Honestly, I go, I was at a fucking camp in Italy, and some guy came up, with a, a guy who was from fucking, he's a Swiss guy, lives in St. Bot's which is in the Caribbean, running a jujitsu camp in Italy, and he knew the people in our gym. Really? really fucking savages, aye, aye, so high. there's that aye, aye,
1: that's it. I mean, even on some days, like no matter what training you're doing, some days you're gonna turn up and you perform like shit. It's just part of most days, part of the, the process.
2: But it's weird. You get to a point where you don't think of it like that anymore.
1: I know. Do you think you should always be able to put uh, your foot down? You just
2: turn, just turn yeah. up. And sometimes I can't even remember the session now. Yeah. Like, did I was I good
1: there? Was I bad? I'm like, yeah. I'm not even bothered. But there's loads of things that can affect that sleep. Did you have sex the day before? Mm-hmm. What were you wear? What were you out drinking? Oh, you what was the stress like? Hydrated. Exactly, uh, at like, The
2: minute they've just put new mats down, Made. See me elbow. Both elbows like that, all right? I thought you'd
1: been doing something else both, when you came both, in.
2: Both knees. My toes are all bleeding. New mats. So it's like AstroTurf. It's like rolling it's on a gr- foot, like a cheese grater. A... Oh, horrendous. Yeah. There's only me that it's happened to. Though. I'm like, my skin's too soft for this. That's... Stop using that eye. baby lotion. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> my skin's too soft for this shit. Uh, your two foot soft for this shit. Oh, uh, it's fun. Fun times, man.
1: The reason why I was talking about time was, and that's one of the things I've been really thinking about this week, is... How I've often let it happen, and I think how a lot of people let it happen is they let time control their head and their day. Because I was was like, if I wasn't thinking about time now, if I didn't know the fucking time, I wouldn't be stressed about what I'm currently thinking about. Because, like, at at the most basic form, time is literally just the sunrise and the sunset. I and a lot of people allow it to become so much more. And, and then
2: time only exists in the mind of men. Yeah. Oh, sorry, of humans.
1: Yeah. yeah. Of humans. But we let, we let uh, you let stress or cause anxiety, whether it's being late a little bit later somewhere, or whether it's doing nothing. Or my time keeping so bad. Yeah, yeah mate. But, so bad. but 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 that's what like you 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 messaged me today, so I'm gonna be fifteen minutes late. Yeah. And we were still pissing around in here yeah. trying to set stuff up. So yeah. there's there's probably often times where we shoot ourselves in the foot, and there's.
2: I think we create false deadlines. Yeah. Most of the things that we talk about are actually just preferences. Mm-hmm. So, and most of the stuff to do with time, I'm like, is that a real deadline? So I, ask the, ask them, I say this to my wife all the time. I'm like, that's not a real deadline. That's a fucking preference of yeah. when we'd like to get it done. 100%. It's not a real deadline. Most of the things in our lives aren't real deadlines. They're just preferences. But
1: people treat it like, it like it's life and death as well mm-hmm. over those times. And they, they, they make it everything to the day. Mm-hmm. And the it's, hard. It, it's, it's hard. It's a difficult thing to get out because we've been programmed to it. Nine to five. Lunch time. Try and fit know. in as much as School. we can.
2: Yeah. Yeah. it's a, time's a funny thing that I don't, I don't let it get to me anywhere as near as much as I used to, because and it's an interesting thing. Most of the things that I do in my life are a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Cause it, it's weird. I talk about my schedule a lot and people are like, is it not really restricted? you not just have a day where you do whatever I want. I'm like, I'm doing almost what I want every single day, but I have to plan it or time will run away. Do you yes. know what I mean? I'm, I'm just—it'll not run away, but I'm just like—I'm only thinking about time when I'm not fully present doing what I'm doing, mm-hmm. and we're not fully present doing what we're doing when we're doing things that we don't like. I'm when I'm doing something that I love that I value highly, I'm not thinking about time. If anything, I'm thinking how could I do this for even longer? Yeah. Do you
1: know what I'm saying? How you, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but you, obviously, you like for example today you've got a super busy. Oh, day. I have to be really organized. You've, you've got to have um, organization, yeah. but. You don't want it to become a controlling point. Well, that's what people say to
2: me. Is it not restrictive? Yeah. I'm like, no, because I'm doing things that I love. Yeah. And if, if I want to do things that I love, I've got to plan it in. Because you think about this, if your day isn't full of high value, high priority activities that you love, your day will get filled anyway. Yeah. But usually with low value, low priority things that drain you. Because your time has that, your time gets filled. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I want to, I want to plan things in in advance. So i'm filling time rather than time getting filled
1: for yeah. me does that make sense but that, that's the whole thing of like with procrastination as well isn't it because i and i still struggle with time a, a bit and i'm i'm trying to allow it to become a guidance instead of a governance yeah yes and, I, and that's where with even with my diary and stuff i'm trying to backwards plan stuff. So, so i'm putting shit in there that i want to do 1st mm-hmm Yes. So then I can get the other things done yeah. in a time. You, you'll never procrastinate over those things, yeah, yeah. by the way. And then I got myself one of those little fucking digital timers. And I can time myself for 30 minutes of a task that usually takes me an hour. Yeah. And I can get it done in that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not That's interesting. I'm not pissing around like tabs. Yeah. Or every time I look at it, it's it might not even I get it done in that moment in time, but sometimes I go to jump on Instagram and scroll through and I'll see the timer. It's almost a reminder yeah, not to yeah, do I something that. like that. Yeah, I love
2: that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. But you'd never do- You'd never jump on Instagram if you were doing something that you're like, I fucking love doing this. Yeah, would you? Because you're not, you're not looking for. A, it's sometimes I think we we'll look for a way out. Yeah. If I'm training judo, I'm not even thinking about my phone. Do you know what I mean? There's some things where I'm, I'm not. I don't even. Even when I'm a football, I'm not thinking about. I never. You only know see people who've like recorded goals and that and recorded celebrations. I'm like, why is your phone out, man? I'm not. I'll do a little bit at the start, and then sometimes I might. If the ball's out of play, I'll record the kids mm. singing or something. But if I'm a football, I'm not. Thinking about what i'm videoing and what i'm going to post me instagram well,
1: it's, it's pointless that it's pointless to some park because you get the zero wi-fi it's like a sh- it's like a shed so i don't have that issue
2: we get zero entertainment <laughs> at actually i'll tell a lie we do get a lot of entertainment <laughs> i but it's a, when i'm doing those things i'm like it, it, procrastination isn't a thing yeah you know what i mean it's not a thing that, that there's there's a few things that'll procrastinate over like if i've got to talk and i have to do slides the uh I'm not ad, the ad, admin kind of i but yeah, there's yeah. not much else where I, that I procrastinate over i'm like i'm if i'm doing things that i love it's not even a thing what's hard is when you've got when you so leslie gets stressed by time i don't mm-hmm. so there's always a clash around that but what you're not in a hurry for i'm like i don't need to be in a hurry it's but do fine. you think
1: do you think that balances you two out oh, totally, well.
2: totally mate it, it's a it's a she loves things that i don't like i love things that she doesn't like She's more of a glass, and she'll not mind me saying this. She's more of a pessimist. She's not negative, but she's more of a pessimist than me. I'm an optimist. I'll be like, nothing's going to go wrong here. Mm-hmm. She's like, Paul, everything could go wrong. So she's, it works out. People would say, and we've talked about this a lot on our podcast, where I'm like, people would see Leslie as a negative, as a she's not supporting me, but mm. actually, she's just pointing out. Pointing out things that I would miss. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Aware. Most men would be, like, oh, my wife doesn't support me. She's challenging me. She's not praising me. She's criticizing me. I'm like, actually, just keeping your fucking feet on the ground, mate. Do you know what I mean? Because if I made some of the, because I'm an optimist and because I'm a half, a half full kind of guy, I would make stupid decisions. I wouldn't weigh up the risks. I wouldn't weigh up the cons. So I need someone to do that for me. Do
1: do you know she bounces you out. I'd
2: overcommit. I'd say so. My team, Kath, who runs my diary, she's the same. She's like, "No, boy, you're not doing that." I'm like, "No, I can fit it all in." She's like, "No, you can't. Get that out of your diary now. Tell them you can't do that. No, you're not going there. It's a fucking Saturday night. I need someone to tell me that because I would say yes to everything. Mm-hmm. So I need someone to keep bring me down a peg or two, keep my feet on the ground, and stop me from overcommitting and getting too almost too
1: positive. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, it's interesting that with a relationship though as well because a lot of people think that they.
0: Imagine the, imagine
1: two of me. Yeah, that's what I mean. So a lot of people think that they need to be me I would have similar. buried me under the patio.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> There'd be a Netflix show about me now. Paul <laughs> Maud buries himself under the patio. <laughs> wouldn't it? Because you would. You yeah. can't have two people like in the... I'm not... I don't know if the opposite's a track, but two people in the same relationship is a fucking nightmare.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, me me and Lucia are, like, are similar. So she, mm-hmm. she has a lot of traits that I... Miss and she has a lot of things which is why it worked in business as well because mm-hmm. she's very good at things that i'm not good at and in the same sentence you don't want to be a jack of all trades you, yeah. want, to be, you want to be doing the shit that yeah. you're good at and she'll she's those things that
2: she's organized she's she doesn't trust people either i trust people very easily she doesn't so she, she i'll be like fucking anyway Right about him she's like i've told you so that that's really it. there's just so many interesting things and like, oh actually i i'm glad you I'm glad you pointed that thing out, that at the time I thought you were being negative about, Mm -hmm. but I'm glad you pointed yourself. For example, she gets, if I'm speaking in front of, for example, so my show last year in Newcastle, thousand people there, she gets, she's puking up in the toilets and that before. She's She's like, she got the nerves for you. I'm not, I'm fine. But the reason I'm fine is because she makes me rehearse. I could just go on there and fucking put on an entertaining show for people, but she gets nervous. Her, she wants to be in control. Yeah. So her way of being in control is making me practice. And then I can go out there, mate, and not even have slides and do an hour, t- two hours, word for word, flawless. I mean, obviously I fuck up sometimes, but transition's really smooth because she's forced me to rehearse. If it was just me, I wouldn't bother rehearsing. Well, I thought... she, and then the rehearsal, she'll fucking point out things. Shouldn't have said that. You need to say this instead. I'm like, no, Dean, it was fucking, you're not doing it. It's me that's doing it. But then I'm like, oh, actually... I'm really glad that you said that because it worked really well. Do you know what I mean? So mm. it's actually, I'm getting criticism, but I think at some level, criticism is very useful. Very useful. Some,
1: uh, some people don't deal with it very well, yeah. do they? Nah. Nah. Because I'm the, not taking it.
2: Per- she's like, it's not personal. I'm like, an not She said, like, I just want you to do a good job. So I'm less nervous. I. Uh, and then I'll say something that she told us not to say. <laughs> I, I do that all the time. She'd be like, don't say that. I'm like, except if it's James' show. She'll bet like, it's James' show. You can yeah, say whatever okay. the fuck you want. Uh, I have the whole crowd shouting, cunt. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I. I do have the whole crowd. If they don't say it loud enough, I get them to say it again. Just get out there. <laughs> yeah. uh, like me, mum. Actually, he has a mad one for you. The other Friday when I did City Hall, I, I said something like me, I'm stripping off like me, mum." I was like, it's all right, she's not here. I was like, my sister, I knew my sister was there. I was like, my sister's here and she's a grass, so she'll probably tell me mom. Turns out, my mom was there.
1: <laughs> I also said, she's She grass yourself. I was up. like,
2: oh, I said, I said, I can say a con because my mom's not here, but she was. <laughs> <laughs> she texted us after, she said, Paul, just so you know, I still don't like the C word and I like it even less now. And also,
1: I've never been a stripper. Is that what you said as well? <laughs>
2: I said, oh, I'm like a stripper, like my mom. <laughs> Uh, she's like, a, I've never been a stripper. Is your,
1: is your mum someone who keeps you
2: grounded then as well? Oh, she's very negative. She's very negative. She's a, she's a, she'll be listening to this. She likes to complain. She likes to gossip. And I used to get really triggered by it. Now I'm like, it's, too, it's who yeah. she is. It's who she is. It's who pe- I've realized this, we like to complain. I remember doing an exercise. 2020, I was on a course. And... Uh, there was this exercise that you had to write down all the stuff that you complain about. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm a positive person, me. And I started writing things down. And then my daughter came out, Nina, and she's very quick. The kids will point things out. Yeah. What, well, Dad, why, no filter. Beards, why is your beard so <laughs> like, white? Dad, why have you got that little bit of fat around your boob? Why? Just, they'll just point things mm-hmm. out. Paul, like, Dad, I hate your trainers. like, oh, <laughs> all right. And she said to me, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm writing down all the things I complain about. She gave me another fucking 20 things. (laughs) Well, you always complain about Max's attitude, dad. And you complain about how messy my room is. And you complain about people on the internet. Next thing I know, I've got a list of 20 things. And I'm like, fucking hell, I'm quite negative. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? It's just that it's it's a really weird thing. And there's a part in my show where I talk about actually what we love to do is complain about people that complain and then blame them for how much they complain. I'm like, what the fuck's that about? I'm like, actually, we all like, this is where I got the thing. I'm like, is there such a thing as negative people? i don't think there is i think you sent an email about that uh, people just say make noise with their mouth yeah. and we put a meaning on it you know what i mean no one can make me feel negative except me no one can make me feel a certain way except me and once i realize that if i start to feel a certain way i'm like actually it's not them it's me
1: it's me especially if you already know the place that you're going to or you know that person what they're like uh, and then you still complain about uh, it anyway whose fault's that
2: it's my yeah. uh, so mum likes to complain a bit but uh I'm just—I'm going to love people for who they are yeah. rather than
1: trying to change them.
2: Do you know what I mean? But all my mates will keep me on the ground. You still doing that fucking hippie meditation shit? I am I. You still off the booze, are you, big pussy? Aye, am I.
1: That's what we're doing here. Is that something else I wanted to speak about? Yeah. Booze. What made you? What well, made this you is not have
2: This is a mad thing because since 2014, I haven't had a problem with booze. In fact, I remember 2020. It's a big change for me. This actually is where I realized something. I drank for two Fridays in a row. Everyone's like, oh, big deal. I drank for two Fridays in a row for the first time since 2014. Everyone was like, oh, big deal. I was like, actually, that is a big deal for yeah. me because I felt like shit. It is a big deal. And anyway, then I went a while without boozing. But mate, in in January this year, coming back from Dubai, I'm planning out my year. It's, it's the what You can get Wi-Fi on Emirates. It's not very good, but you can get a little bit. So I start planning out my year, start writing my goals for the year. I'm excited about them and that. Um, and I was looking at them and I said to my wife, I said I'm not going to booze this year. She says, What? What the fuck for? Because I was only drink, I only drink five or six times a year. Mm-hmm. So apart from that, two t- two weeks in a row in 2020, even then I probably only drank seven times that year. So four, five, maybe six times a year, end of every quarter, and maybe twice at Christmas. Mm-hmm. Right? She says, What for? I so said, I just want to fucking see if I can do it. And the other reason was I realised actually my goals are quite lofty. I tend to set ridiculous things. Like the only thing, if I look at all the obstacles, my mindset's pretty good. I find myself quite, I'm curious. I wouldn't say I'm fearless. I would be like, I'm quite curious. I'm not bothered about failing. But the only thing that stops me is energy and getting sick. Mm-hmm. And I realized that booze was the biggest contributor to of those two things because it wasn't like I was a sessioner. I was like, I'd go out and I for a week, I'd operate at like 20%, 20%. And then I realized actually, if I do that six times a year, that's six weeks. That's not including the weeks where I'm sick or ill, and I'm like, well, that's fucking hell. That's that that ended up like something like, well, that's like an eighth or a seventh of my year. It's quite a lot. That mm-hmm. it's quite a lot. So uh, I was like, fucking, I'm gonna do it, and it's been all right. It's fine. Right. So it wasn't it the, the challenge that I had with it, and this is the everyone's everyone that's asked me about. It, they're like, well, you didn't, you weren't in a lot of pain around drink. I was like, I. Right, but also, there's something liberating about just thinking, well, can I do that? And if I can't stop, what does that say? Yeah. If I can't stop for that long, what does that say? If I can't stop for that long, what does that mean? Uh, it's a, it's a, It's been a very interesting journey so far. And I've had, it's not as well I've avoided things. I've still went social fucking hell, mate. I've had, I had a trip, that Italy camp, the jiu jitsu camp. I was in a house with people where all they did was get pissed. And I'm in a house with them, people that I didn't know as well. So that made it even harder. Mm-hmm. Then I've got uh, my live show, After Party, All About Me, this After Party, no booze. I went to Wembley and saw Sunderland win. I went to Anfield, which was enough to turn anyone to booze. <laughs> I went to Anfield. I've been to the old firm derby. I've been to fucking Roma. I've been all over the place. Wembley saw my team win. All of my friends, my family wasted. Didn't drink. That was the biggest challenge until the last few weeks. IFS, I realized something massive, which is, I felt a bit rough there. I had that chest infection and I really wanted a drink. And you've got there, you've got the Artful Dodger party. You've got the fucking pool party. Yeah you've got fucking inner club with Sven as the fucking DJ. Everyone's sending it. Everyone's sending it. Free booze as well. VIP, Grey Goose Wanker, right? And I, I realized that actually I only want to, when I feel good, I don't want to drink. When I feel great, I don't want to drink. I only want to drink when I feel shit. So what if I just got better at dealing with feeling like shit, but actually building the life where I felt like shit less?
1: Which says a lot because I think like it depends for a lot of people where booze sits or what the relationship is with booze. Because for me, I probably drank this year more than I have any year. Mm. And I'm usually the guy who's summer too in terms of I only drink when there's events. Mm. But we had so many events lined up in this mm. calendar year, like with the new move and other things going yeah. on. there's loads of parties, weddings and stuff. But for me, drink it always, prior to that being about confidence. Yeah, I used to have a bit of drink to make me more confident. Even at the, was it the first IFS in Barcelona? We were sitting by the pool. I came with like a fishbowl of gin, but I mean, I was crawling the stage when we went to do the first one yeah. because I thought I needed a bit of Dutch courage first. Yeah. For when mm-hmm. I went, on, I took it took it too far. yeah so no, it's me- mad.
2: I I I'm less confident when I've had a drink. Really? Oh, I start slurring my words and everything. And then if I get on the bag, fuck me, I'm slurring my words and saying them three times as fast. Yeah. So I become incomprehensible <laughs> with this accent as well. Not a good idea. But it's really. What's really interesting is you said there about parties and that. I've been to more social events.
1: More. I've more, had tests.
2: more fun. I've kind of... I haven't purposefully done it, but I've just been more places. I've made my life more exciting. Someone said, do you not find, do you not find it boring, like, going to the pub and not drinking? I'm like, I find going to the pub boring.
1: Yeah. Like, S- sit I'm Sitting sit in a smelly place with I, people Drinking like. would
2: be a downgrade in terms of excitement, whereas mm. before... I'd look forward to a drink. Again, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I was doing it, but I'd be looking forward to the drink. Now I'm like, actually, I've built these weekends and I've set up so many things. I've, I've I've, I've, planned so many activities that actually going and sitting in a pub would be the least exciting thing I could do. Whereas before, it would be one of the most exciting things. Now I'm like, well, actually, so this week, what we've got this week, we've got event of Goodison tomorrow. Saturday, I'm at the match. Saturday night, I'm watching Max Fight. Sunday, I'm going to Jiu-Jitsu then I'm going go-karting. Like, where's booze gonna fit in? I've created a life that has no, just like the anxiety thing. My weekends, it doesn't, my life doesn't have room for it anymore, so I don't even think about it Mm. as much. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't have room for it. I I don't regret this this past couple of months where I've been drinking a lot because I've learned a lot about myself and a lot. You probably had some good times. Yeah, yeah, I've had some good times, but then at the same time, like two or three days afterwards for me, mate, my anxiety through the roof. Even at the weekend, we went out to the races and we had this group chat, and I was like, how sick was Sunday? I was like, I mean, Saturday night, I said, well, between nine and one o'clock, I can't remember fucking anything. Yeah. So I don't know how good it was. Yeah. I and mean, that's the thing sometimes is that you, you're not in control. You're not you're not remembering the, yeah. the, the things happened. Yeah, Everyone yeah, else yeah, is yeah. saying how great it is. I honestly yeah. don't remember it.
2: Yeah, that's mad, isn't it? I can't remember what it was like. The last time I got pissed was the 23rd of December. Here's when I knew something needed to happen. So I'd arranged to meet Mac and his mates, right? So he's got loads of, I remember, this is why it happened in 2019. I met Mac for a pint. Next thing I know it's fucking 3 a.m right all these 21 year old mates and that and this year i said i'll meet you so 2020 didn't happen last year i said right i'll come meet you for a pint so we had a few drinks in the office i went back home had a couple of drinks and i didn't make it out and then i was like
1: because you were that pissed and i was just fucking tired of it as well i was just like what's the depressant isn't it so
2: i was just and then i went and i remember flying to dubai on boxing day that year and i was like i feel like fucking shit here that's when i kind of That's when I'd made the decision around about Boxing Day. I was like, oh, fucking hell, I'm on this flight. I feel like shit. So that's when I kind of made the decision that I didn't drink in Dubai. And then uh, on the way home, I was like, I'm doing a whole year, yeah, fuck it. You plan to continue to, don't know. Last week when I was in, uh, in fact, Saturday, what James is showing, I was talking to Luke and that, I said, Luke, me and you will get on the adventure. We'll have a sesh. But it's because I felt like shade. This week I'm I've started to feel better and come back to life. I'm off the I'm off the uh, antibiotics. I'm back training, I've trained twice this week. Starting to feel better and I'm actually I'm now, if you ask me now, I'm like, nah. I'm not gonna. It's interesting though, isn't it? Really interesting. So the answer is actually I don't know. I don't know. The thing that we've got is the twenty third, day before Christmas Eve, so we can't have a sesh. Christmas Eve as a parent, yeah. You fucking building Big day shit for kids. And yeah, shit up yeah. massive and then we're going to do we're going to Thailand on Boxing Day. So we've got that travel to think about. So I'm like, Am I? Is there any point? And then after that, you're going to drink in January? Why? What's happening then?
1: Yeah. When everyone's not drinking.
2: I yeah. Like what's happening then? The weather shit. There's nowhere to go. There's nothing to see. I've got, we're doing, we're doing Thailand for New Year. Then we've got four days in Dubai. Like, so two weeks total. I'm like, I'm not going to drink there. My kids hate me drinking. They hate seeing me drink. I've Never been pissed in front of them, but they, they've seen too many, too much stupid yeah. shit to be like, they've got, my son would call me out if I had a drink. Is that what you're doing? Because he's been to football where he's seen fucking grown men thrown up in the street, grown mm-hmm. men fucking asleep in the middle of Wembley Way. Yeah. He's seen people acting like fucking idiots at the USC. Scousers actually. Or Animal Paddy's surprise. mates. Yeah. Paddy's mates fighting and that. He's like, dad. And he's like, what? He's like, dad, drunken men are idiots. So was he witnessed it first. Oh, he's, that's why. But it's it's good. But it's also like, well, I can't have a drink in front of yeah. my kids now. So I'm like, I'm not going to drink on that trip. So who knows when I'm going to drink again? I mm. I think I will. But when the year
1: comes, if I don't drink, then when am I going to do it again? Suppose it depends on like company, event, totally. like what, what's going on. Because you can you can I think always I'm more have like
2: likely to drink in the house. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm
1: more likely to do that. I think I don't know. I, I suppose like there's there's not as the environment for it to be like loads of lads egging each other on. I've like never I,
2: fancied having pints. I'm not. What bit, I fancied not... is getting off the stage, or and having like a shot or a little. Cafe Patron mm-hmm. or a little, just a neat drink. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I take the edge off. That's yeah. what I've wanted. Not like, oh, it's the afternoon. Let's go on the session, and mm-hmm. match. I haven't fancied that. I've just been like, Do you know what I'd kill for now? Love a little Cafe Patron,
1: just a. Do you know what I mean? Some of the nicest drinks I've had is when just me and Lucy have been on holiday eh? and had uh, a, a red wine with steak. I, or actually, drink. I would have a cocktail.
2: Mm. If I had a drink, I'd have a cocktail. I Had three non-alcoholic cocktails last night. Did you? I did Pushing right? the boat out. Uh, well, when you go to nice restaurants, non-alcoholic cocktails are fucking unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. They're just fucking seven quid each, <laughs> and that's for Newcastle. <laughs> that would <They'd> be a hundred quid <laughs> in London. Uh, so that's the. Uh, that that's who knows? Who knows?
1: Alright. <coughs> uh, what advice would you give to your younger self? Oof. Don't believe
2: everything you think. That would be it. I've got no regrets. That's the interest. That's why I find that hard mm-hmm. question because I've been asked that a few times. I'm like, just don't believe everything you think. Put the bag down. I probably wouldn't even do that. I've had some good times with all that. You know that I mean? magical razor, mate. Yeah, you I learn some, a lot. I'm just like, is there anything I would change? No. There's a few things I wish I'd started sooner. So, like business, I wish I'd, even though I've been it's 21 years now, I've been in business. I wish I'd done that sooner. I wish I'd stopped fucking around sooner. There's loads of things that I wish I'd started sooner. But even mm-hmm. then, I'm like, I started at the perfect time because, well, that's when I started.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? But there's those small micro chains that you could make that D- wouldn't that nah. could, could make you a different person, today, uh, But like not in a good way. I don't mean. You're supposed to be how you are. I uh, so
2: just don't believe everything you think. Cause just have you have a just because you have a thought doesn't necessarily mean that it's true. That'll be it really. Cause a lot of the problems that I've caused in my own life weren't because of the circumstance. It was because of the thought about my circumstance mm-hmm. or the thought about my fear, All that. So it would just be that.
1: And uh, then, before we close up, mm-hmm. one unpopular opinion. MASH is for four-year-old MASH children.
2: MASH potato.
1: Man, I fucking love creamy mash and Nando's, MASH
2: you know. potato, so does Mac.
1: Yeah, creamy uh, mash and Nando's is my one. What's your Nando's order?
2: Ooh. Well, right now it's butterfly chicken, but normally, sunset burger. Sunset burger. Sunset burger, macho peas. Macho peas, halloumi in a dip, possibly long stem broccoli. <laughs> I'm, I'm, the, I'm a macho uh, peas and a, and a but There's uh, not many
1: people who, who look at broccoli. And, mm, that's nah, nice, but, but I like a bit of greenery uh, in the That's all
2: right, but right now it's butterfly chicken because I'm not training, so I have to watch me diet a little bit more. In fact, I've ate out like every night this week, eating out tonight, night, eating out tomorrow night, eating out Saturday. So I'm playing with this bit, a little bit with this fasting thing. I hardly eat much through the day and then. Being, it's quite liberating, actually. I quite like it I mean, like, I mean, eat what I want, and eating what you want, and a night. I don't have to track calories. I'm not thinking about what I'm going to eat next all the time. I only have to think about what I'm going to eat tonight, and even then, because I can eat what I want, mm-hmm. I'm not obsessing over it. So that's well, what I quite like about the fasting fa- fa- thing. The
1: fasting's good, and like, there's there's some people who slag it off, but there's some people who use it for the wrong reason that they think it's, it's usually the, some the best.
2: people that slag it off have never fucking done it. Yeah,
1: yeah, well, some people think use it for the wrong reasons, but I've always enjoyed it because I do most of my shit in the morning, so mm-hmm. I'm not eating. Mm-hmm. I don't. As soon as sometimes I've had, like, whatever it is, I'll sometimes feel a bit lethargic yeah. as well. So I get all my shit done. I get my training I'm done. i just like,
2: I've got to put this in my fitness, pal. Then I'm thinking about, yeah. okay, well, if I've had this, then do I have to take that off later? And yeah. then, you know what I mean? You get, it's just more decisions. Yeah. I like the fact that I don't have to make a decision.
1: Mm-hmm. As, as long as it And then tonight, guess what I'm going to eat? Whatever the fuck I want. Yeah, exactly. Well, as long as it doesn't affect performance as well, because that other guy, what's his name? Kyle, what's that guy's name? He does BJJ. He was on the Rogan podcast and he fasts like all day and he just eats pizza. Gordon Ryan. Mikey Muzumete.
2: Oh, well, he's a fucking gangster. Yeah, he's an animal. He's a fucking monster. But he does the guy. same
1: and it doesn't affect performance. Really? Yeah. Well, I haven't
2: trained hard fasted yet.
1: He he trains fasted all the time. Because I've
2: been injured and sick, uh, it's been fine, mm-hmm. but I haven't had a hard... I've lifted, actually. I've lifted, but I haven't had a
1: hard jujitsu mm-hmm. session fasted yet. I, I People don't understand how I do it sometimes. Because I've done like... 35k runs and stuff faster then yeah. I, because i've always been faster training it doesn't yeah. doesn't really affect me yeah. but i think if someone went from do, eating whatever in the morning to doing that it's yeah. obviously a hard transition you've got but really I, hard transition. I i enjoy it more for like the the mental side of it and just i'm, I'm more productive well, in do the you moment. know
2: what's mad The, dis- the Spencer thing that i was at was the perfect time to do it because i couldn't exercise i wasn't worried about energy because i was meditating all day i was like i'm not fucking doing anything i didn't have to be the high energy guy because I didn't know anyone, mm-hmm. there was me mates. Frankie Lee was there, Chris Brown was there, so there was those two that I knew. And I was like, "Listen, lads, if I'm a cunt, it's because I haven't eaten. and yeah. I wasn't a cunt, and I didn't know anybody else. so I didn't have to be high energy Paul. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It was quite liberating for me. And then when I've got home, I've been actually, it's not that hard. It's not. I haven't done it when I've been sick. Like when I've had this chest infection, I'm, like, I'm not fasting when I feel like this. Yeah, so, yeah.
1: Um, I, You can pick and choose there. Like food, food's a big social thing as well, and so it's nice to be able to oh, go. Big and social. Well, I
2: wouldn't do it. What I said was when I started doing it, because my nutrition guy was like, Are you sure about this? Because you're a binge eater. I was like, Well, are you sure about it? I said, Well, I'm not. I wouldn't do it on a weekend because I don't want to be like, Oh, Leslie, we can't go for lunch because I'm fasting. Mm-hmm. She'd be like, Fuck off, no bed. Yeah. <laughs> she would. <laughs> she would, she would and, and that's not who I want to be. So it's actually, if we're talking about it sensibly, like it's just a tool. Mm-hmm. So I know that I'm eating out tonight. So I've hardly eaten anything today. And I know that when I go there, I want to eat whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And when you've had weight challenges your whole life, food can take over a little bit.
1: That's why you've got to be self-aware. Like when that's taken over and when those thoughts are kind of happening, yeah. if you don't want to eat because of this reason, yeah. if you don't want to eat because you've been for a binge, as long yeah. as the as long as long the reasons are flipped and reversed is that like you can go it's and have a meal. Yourself, innit? Yeah. It's yourself, in
2: it? It's the same on a train or a flight. I'm like, oh, I'll take a salad on the train. And then I'm just like, well, no, because I'll eat the salad and I'll eat what they give me.
1: Well, There's that thing of people was like, why am I hungry after I've had something to eat? You fucking always are. So.
2: It's really interesting, isn't it? I'd say, eh but the fasting's work to treat. But back to your thing about the mash, Shai.
1: Shai, not, not well, having it.
2: Well, think about all the things you can do with a potato. Boil it. Chips. I mean, boil's quite shit. Chips, crisps, hassleback. Hasselback? Hasselback. Hasselback. Oh, you never had hasslebacks? No. You've never fucking lived. Get Lucy has- on the Talk to me about Hasselback. Hasselback is... So you, you, you boil a potato. Yeah. You put loads of slices in it. Like yeah. Little slices. And then you roast it. So do you know how... When you have like a jar potato, a roast potato and it's crispy. So you're basically creating more crispy edges. Okay. Like t- ten crispy edges instead of one. So basically um,
1: just a roast potato that you've shipped a few times. Kind
2: of yeah, I. Okay. Kind of I, but you get it all crispy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's hassle back. You've got roast potatoes, you've got uh curly fries, you've got fucking waffles, and people are choosing mash. So so toddler you,
1: food. How are you having your potatoes Christmas dinner? Oh roast. Roast. No mash. No, my, I made Christmas dinner last year, actually. Did you?
2: Uh, uh, I did one of those uh, where you get the box sent out, and it was actually my friend Matt Abe's wife at the time. Um, She's a chef, a really good chef, and she did like a YouTube Christmas dinner thing.
1: I wouldn't do it again. Fucking pain in the ass. Yeah, we, we hosted for the first time here last year. It's a fucking nightmare, I, I just entertained Lucy cooked it <laughs> it's right. stressful as fuck. Night, yeah.
2: I wouldn't do it again. Like I don't know how my mom did it for so long. This year, we're going to go out, actually, but uh, that turned out too stressful as well, so... I don't know what uh-huh. I'll Just get a takeaway. Yeah. Just get a takeaway. I'm sure companies would do, you should do takeaways on the dinners. I'm oh, sure they will do, you, mate, yeah. yeah there'll still be, be some company Christmas taking. Christmas
1: dinner on Uber Eats. Yeah. <laughs> it
2: just depends on who wants to work that day, yeah. but if it's someone that doesn't celebrate Christmas or loves money,
1: yeah. of course it would. There'll still be money. a lot of people who are religious who won't, but uh-huh. thanks for jumping on again, so, mate. Really hey, mate, my pleasure. I've had a blast. It's been great. Where, where can people find more of Mr. Moore?
2: Oh, Mr. Mo. Uh, Instagram's my favorite place in the minute, actually you, so you we were are, quite active on there at the moment uh, quite active Facebook's I've got more followers on Facebook where Facebook's becoming the new Twitter YouTube not happening for me you're uh, doing some vlogs at the moment though aren't you what are they for we're making some I don't know Smith's just, just been on at me the for bank. them I'm just like well, I like talking I never have a problem coming up with content people seem to quite like what I'm saying so I and then TikTok which apparently I have fucking 16,000 followers but I am I deleted the app after a week really why oh, it's full of cunts it's full of but horrible you, kids. Yeah, mate, it
1: is horrible comment. It's a bit it's a bit like YouTube is but horrible your, worse than YouTube. Your your quick well, that's what I started it, it would doing be good, good for that kind and of thing. And I realized
2: that there was a kid it called Daniel Bedenfield. You remember him, the, the singer? singer. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't him. So he commented saying, Who the fuck do you think you're on that? And I made a video and I started singing Daniel Beddenfield. Right? I don't want to run away. <laughs> I started singing it, and then before I knew it, I'd wasted two hours just fucking having yeah. it was fun but then mac was like get off there now you're wasting time yeah. so now he runs the so i
1: do the videos obviously he i don't even have the app yeah i've said a few times mate i've been down there and we, we usually go up at 10 o'clock uh-huh. and i'll be yeah i'm on my, I'm on my way up uh-huh. it can be half 11 she's shouting down i've been watching honey just fighting for an hour and a half mate like. <laughs> uh, so i don't have the app now but apparently that's where all the eyes are yeah
2: and i know actually i think we're cleaning up with ads on there at the minute as well yeah it can be quite uh-huh. good we've used it for uh, i think we're almost, getting like one pound yeah. 50 leads Anyway, yeah, yeah, so Instagram, Paul Mort1. I've got a lot of fake accounts right now, actually. Really? Four or five fake accounts. They're fucking around Must with we a blue doing something blue tick. Right then. I need that blue tick. Yeah. <laughs> I need that fucking blue tick. Um so yeah, Instagram's probably me where I'm most active right now because I find it fun and I find it positive. It's fun. Easy to create content. I yeah. uh, sick. Short form. Appreciate right. it, mate. Thanks again. Mate, thank you.
1: Thank you. Top man.